Welcome to the Restoration Church podcast, Behind the Sermon, where we get to sit in on a conversation between our pastors and hear about what they're learning, what they're teaching, and what God is doing throughout our church. Enjoy the podcast. Well, good morning, everybody, or good afternoon, maybe. Uh, Glad that you're here. It's me and Pastor Stephen today on the Behind the Sermon podcast. Hello, everyone. Welcome. Pastor Stephen, great to see you and talk with you today. Yes, sir. Same as here. Yeah, it's fun. We're going to be talking about expectation over the next few weeks. And Stephen, let me ask you this question. Shoot it. Have you ever found yourself in a season or a stage of life where you only expected bad things to happen or your your expectation was for the worse. Man, what a what a hard question to begin with. Let's go. <laughs> no, it's fun. Uh, I think I was thinking through those things while, like, just before getting into this. I think the, I think launching this location was something that I was learning through that, uh, especially when we didn't know what to expect. Like I honestly didn't know because it was kind of like brand new adventure, even for, I think for our church as a whole, right? Because other campuses was like Merge, I believe, right? Uh, Milton was uh, nothing. Milton was uh, closed, but Plymouth was a merger. Yeah. So it was kind of like, all right, I don't know. I have never planted a church. <laughs> so it was kind of like in Lord, all right, I'll, I, I, I heard your voice and then I'm, we're moving, expecting nothing. But then even in the process of doing it, like there's a hinge. All right. We need to grow the church. You know, that's what we are driving for. Uh, We are spending a lot of money and things like that. But I think when it hit the most was December or even last Sunday, even though we had snowstorm, we had 42 people. And I was quite surprised. And I'm like, wow, this has grown beyond my expectations of how yeah. within within like eight months. Right. So I was like, wow, Lord. Like, so that is fresh for me. So when you were preaching, I was like, wow, that is that is clear. Like, you know, even though like maybe like my expectations. Oh, I was like, all right, it might take one year or like maybe it might fail. I don't know, but I'm putting my effort into it. But thinking through Lord, like when we put our 100%, like you are a God of expectation, like you do things for us, you know? So your sermon, when you're preaching, that really hit me because it's still fresh for me that this happened. Right. So it was more than you expected? Definitely, definitely more than, more than, because like, again, like I'm talking to the pastors around here. I'm talking to other people who been attending church in this area, but they were like, oh, like, you know, it's hard. Maybe this is a hard ground, you know, um, church never grows or like, you know, things like that. Um, But to see more than even not just for me 
even for them to see beyond, hey, when we believe for more, God does it for us, you know? Right. If we have that mindset, oh, you know, maybe it's the same, the areas never grows or other churches are not growing for the last 25 years, you know, uh, it might be the same. If we have that mentality, I guess it will just be that, you know, but if we thrive for more and expect God to move, expect God to do things, I think God does it for us in an, in an awesome way. I think this is a testament, even Milton, right? That is growing. And uh, from scratch, we average, you know, good amount of people there. Uh, so to see those uh, God moving things, not, not us, God throwing, God doing through us, you know? So I think that's, yeah, it was more than expecting more uh, just for eight month old church to do and thrive. Uh, and this week, a whole lot of volunteers just eager to volunteer. And I'm like, wow, like it's just, they're just happy, like, you know, to volunteer, to serve. So, it, you know, I mentioned last week to you, Pastor in our in our one-on-ones, like I never prayed as like God send us volunteers. I never prayed that way. Right. I don't know. I don't know why, but I just pray like God send us, you know, people, send us people, you know, I want the church to grow, but never like uh, God send us laborers for this specific ministry. So I started that prayer in January uh, because my my wife is transitioning to her new norm and things like that. So I didn't want just to stop the kids ministry. So I was, I started praying, God, send us kids workers, kids volunteers. And not even joking, like this week, I have like at least three or four, you know, Terrific. who wants to, who wants to volunteer and help. And I'm like, Lord, wow. Even that just like fresh, like, wow. If I, Put that expectation, right? Uh, and pray over that God is faithful to just do it. You yeah, it, your your statement earlier of you know things that you've heard other pastors say, like, "Oh, up here in the north, it's hard. If you want to do it, I've heard that about all of New Hampshire, all of northern New England, all of mm. the Northeast. It's hard up here." And whatever, and what they're doing is they are showing their expectation. Hey, I'm not expecting much. I'm not expecting, or even I'm not expecting that anything will happen. And our expectation then is on the culture. Our expectation is on our ability. Expectation is on the pain of the past, and it's not on God. Because mm -hmm. what, what is God able to do? Well, if he's able to do revival in Iraq, yeah. if he's able to, to, to make a revival in China, mm -hmm. if he's able to make a revival in the United States in the 1800s, right. then I'm pretty sure he can do it in New Hampshire. I'm pretty sure. Yeah. And yeah, that, that is so great. That our is our expectation sometimes is 
God can only save conservative people. God can only save people whose lives are messed up. God can only save people who are um, are already either like already kind of religious or 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 the worst of the worst. God, you know, like um, you know, Jesus said it was hard for rich people to enter the kingdom of God, but He doesn't say it was impossible. And we sometimes act like it's impossible. Oh. So anyway, our expectation, our, our low expectation, our negative expectation, man, it shows up over and over. I think it shows up in our church attendance. It shows up in our worship night attendance. Mm. It shows up in our daily Bible reading. It shows up in how we pray, when we pray, what we pray. Um, yeah, we... We probably have low expectations or no expectations in a lot more areas than we think about. Wow, that is, I like what you said, how we, how like even you were told like from the other pastors or like people around the district, like, you know, oh, this is just the Northern New England culture. Yeah, I've heard that too, like a lot right. of times. Oh, this is just... <laughs> You know, like I was just thinking through like the snowstorm, right? <laughs> Not to put anyone down. It's just, oh, it's a snow day. All right, let's, you know, it, let's hit home, you know. But there there might be real people like they cannot get out, but it's just, right. you know, it's just the culture. All right, it's snowing. All right, let's sit down. Or like it's so hard because it's at least church area in the whole United States, Uh people's mentalities this way but are we ready to change that that's the question in our heart hey god has given us this word can we be creative and break that norm from this culture or from this northern new england area uh and see what god can do i was thinking through testimony we uh happened last year uh pastor nate during worship night you shared uh, Tracy Campbell's story, mm-hmm. how uh, uh, Leland was expecting God for that miracle. Right. <laughs> you know, and then when he was in the bathroom, he heard, you know, you calling for prayer and he ran and he ran and he caught his wife and came up for prayer. And what his expectation did was a miracle in her wife's life. Yeah. You know, that was that still rings so much in 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 our lives is recently happened to me was Zaylin. A uh, few weeks ago, Zaylin got healed. Uh, uh, she had like extreme things of hives coming in her body. Uh, she she had gluten issues, so she couldn't eat a lot of food. Uh, even with and without gluten, she couldn't eat a lot of stuff and it mm-hmm. was just patches all over her body. Uh, and she would cry. She would, un- it was, uh, it was chaos. One night we just, it broke our heart as parents. One night we just sat and just said, Hey honey, we're going to pray for you and expect God to do miracle in your body. And we asked Salem to pray over her body as well. So she's like in her cracky little voice, kept her hands on her body and said, Jesus, heal my body. Amen. 
and we repeated prayer after and, you know, and next day it was gone. Mm. It was gone. And I was yeah, like, amazing. Right. I was like, what, what, what happened? Like we knew, but it was even for us too hard to believe like, oh my gosh, right. like really? So we started giving her food that she couldn't and nothing happened, like no patches, no itching. And we were like, Zaylin, God heard your prayer. God right heard on. your prayer, you know? So it was just a lot of like, even for us to learn through, man, like when we put our whole thing that we expect God to move, he will move, you know? Sometimes it may take time, which... God may be, uh, you know, uh, asking us to or teaching us something through that process, right. but he never fails, right? Uh, yep. Is there anything in your in your life, fascinate that you experience, like when you put that expectation, uh, maybe in your life, in your marriage or kids, like, or even in the church, like, wow, like it blew your mind of how maybe you you were you had a small ex expectation but god just blew your mind off uh that you can share with oh yeah i i would think um the very the the second miracle offering we ever did mm -hmm. um I don't know what our goal was that first year. It might have been like $30,000 or something, which was huge yeah. at the time. And we were scared to do it. We didn't know if anybody would, if their hearts would get it, mm. if they would want to do it. And that miracle offering was it was over $20,000 that first year and we were, or it was the second year we did it, but the it was the second miracle offering, but the first full year of Kingdom Millers. And it was, um, yeah, it was outrageous. Wow. It was yeah. outrageous. Um, and I remember just being in shock, like being in, in my house, and saying, oh, okay, God, I'm, I've got to learn something here. And I would say the very same thing the next year after that, because we didn't know, like, well, maybe we marketed it too good. Maybe, mm. you know, maybe we, we manipulated people emotionally. And so that is what caused it to be, to be, to be big. Yeah. And then I don't remember what it was that next year, but it was probably over 50,000. So it was even more than the year before. And we we're trying to be very, very deliberate about casting vision, not, um, we, cause we want people to serve God, not my plan. Yeah. yeah. So then, yeah. and then it was like, you know, Michelle and I talking and saying like her telling me, Nate, you've got to, you've got to, I think you got to trust God more that yeah, he's yeah. going to do what he says he's going to do. Mm. And, um, so those are definitely, those are some big moments for me because some of it comes from pain, right? I think my expectation is based on pain and 
being in the church for so long, so many years of my life. Yeah. And having never seen an offering received that big before. Um, so it did feel impossible because it never happened. I'd never seen it happen before. And then it, ha- it only happened once. So would it ever even happen again? And those are some of the feelings and thoughts. How did you I, break? I, uh, yeah, I had a question. How did you break that mentality? Like, just as you shared, like, you've never seen it, right? Your entire life, like you've been going to church for a long time, right? And uh, not seeing that in your in your life and then how how did you change that mentality when you became a pastor or even before that like what shifted in you what made you in your heart say you know what like i'm just going to go after it like what what was the cause yeah for me um i began to recognize early on that i was getting jealous of people So if a miracle happened to someone else, I'd be jealous. I'd be, it would defeat me. I was thinking that God was limited mm. in his ability. And, and I still have to do this. But I can definitely remember a few instances early on where instead of getting jealous or questioning, God, why did it happen to them and not me and being jealous of the miracle they've received? I tried to turn that into a prayer and turn it into faith. So I remember being in the church planters boot camp when we were launching the door location. So I was just as a staff pastor. We had another lead pastor at the church at the time, but we were going to launch Dover and they had a church planning couple teaching And they talked about being given a $2 million, a $2 million building. And I remember feeling like, I remember feeling jealous, like, man, I wish I could get a $2 million building for free. And I remember sitting there in that room in Pennsylvania and saying, God, if you did it for them, you can do it for us. So that must have been in 2010. And then in 2017, the Plymouth building, the Plymouth church merged with us and that paid off building was given to us. And then the Milton church was given to us. And then the Bethlehem church was given to us. And so it happened three times over. And um, so that's, Part of it, it's just knowing, God, if you did it for them, you can do it for me. So when I hear of like one of the, one of the churches that I'm acquainted with, like the pastor knows, the pastor will hug me if he, if he sees me, but other than that, he has no idea who I am. Um, but their miracle offering was six and a half million dollars a couple of months ago. And so I can look at that and be like, well, ours was 60,000 something. And the, be jealous, think, well, that could never happen here because we're in New Hampshire and they're in a big city and, and kind of go through all those things. But at least in regards to him, I don't, I don't experience that. Me, I try to convert it into faith. God, one day, 
one day something like that will happen here. And um, yeah, so that's something that that's how I do that now. Um, and yeah, I, I so yeah, rec- recognizing the negative emotions and then converting that into something positive. Yeah, that's that's so great. I never, I never, I never thought about that. I thought you had some. You'll be like giving me like five points. All right, this is what I do. But you know that it is as simple as that. Hey, recognize it. You know that your heart is like going somewhere else when God wants to lean on, and you know. And if you think through it, all the three buildings or four buildings that we have, it is more. It's like an asset right now, right? Like if you if you yeah. sell it, it's like it's like triple the money now. So it's not maybe like a physical form like God gave you. Like here is the million dollar, but you know He has His own creative ways to show you. Hey, I'm, I'm, I can do much more than what you ask or think or imagine. Yeah. <laughs> that is awesome. It's uh, like, it's like, um, you know, a compost pile, you have all your dinner scraps and all the food you forgot about in the back of the fridge. And then you put it into a composter and then it turns into something valuable that people will pay money for to put in their garden. Um, these negative emotions that we feel, we can just sit there in those negative emotions or we can compost it and it can become something fertile, something that's fertilizer for the healthy parts of our soul and our life. And um, yeah, or it can just keep getting, we just keep it in our heart and it just keeps getting more rotten and more stinky but let's pull it out, let's compost it, and let's make it become something positive. Oh, wow. I like that. It goes with words like, may the God of hope fill you with all the joy and peace in believing, so that by the power of the Holy Spirit, you may abound in hope. I like how you broke down that verse and then put expectations and hope in that. Uh, same as you said, like the fertilizing, when when we take it out and put the right stuff, uh, uh, you know, in believing God, we got to do that. You can you cannot just, right. you know, you cannot just pull it out and just say, yeah, it might grow, <laughs> or you know, oh yeah, sure, like yeah, I pulled it out, you know, and just wait and say, all right, what's next, God? Like do your stuff now. Like you got to. But that believe like God is going to bring that to you. And, right? and joy and peace in the believing part. Because I think we, when we're believing, there's not joy and peace in that. There's oh. anxiety, there's pressure, there's, mm. you, you know, we're, we're bracing ourselves for disappointment. Um, we're, we're timid. So, we're not expecting God to heal us. We're like even afraid to ask him to heal us. Mm. And so when we're believing, it's wrapped up with all kinds of turmoil. 
inner turmoil. And God wants us to have expectation. And then he wants to get rid of all that turmoil and fill us with joy and peace while we're believing. And so, yeah, okay, we have expectation. But then is our expectation surrounded by joy and peace? And probably not. Because even, you know, I think about, right, go back to the miracle offering a few years ago. And I'm expecting, okay, we've been, it's a year. We've been casting vision for a year. We did this, uh, a second kingdom builder series. We've got vision. People's hearts are getting it. And then I'm expecting a miracle, a miracle offering. But my emotions are tumultuous in the midst of that. What happens if it doesn't happen? How are we going to give if it doesn't happen? How is it? And and my mind's racing the yeah. whole time through the process. And God wants me to have joy and peace and believing. And I'm closer to that this year. <laughs> no, I like, I, I wrote it down. I like uh, what he said, expect and believing with joy and peace. Uh, yeah, it is. It is so uh, true what you said. We we believe in, but is joy and peace f- wrapped up with it? That is the hard right. part. Uh, I want to ask you a question. How so? When we set expectations, right? When we set expectations in God, and it does not happen in the timeline of how we think it should happen. How have you ever been in that situation? How do you navigate that? Maybe listeners who are expecting God to move or expecting something in their life, uh, like we all have expectation 2024 is going to be awesome. You know, we try to refresh ourselves and rejuvenate and look forward for the newness of what it brings starting of the year. Uh, and what happens like when we expect, put our expectation and never, we don't see that. And the waiting is hard. Like waiting is taking too long. Uh, what we, what have you done? If you have experienced it, how do you navigate through that process? So, uh, you know, when God doesn't meet your expectations or the expectations you had didn't happen, I mean, I've got dozens of stories about that. Um, In 2017, I was on the phone with a family member and and we're having a conversation about uh, about a pastor. And I said, I think they're going to merge their church with ours. And then they just kind of talked to them like, I really think that I think they're going to merge their church with ours. And I had never talked with the guy. So it's not like, and it was not, this was not Plymouth. It was not yeah. like it was going to ha- happen. All right. Yeah, it was just yeah. like all of a sudden now I get this expectation and this full confidence. So that was summer 2013. In March of 2018, that church is having those conversations with us. And I'm, gone to lunch with the pastor we've had multiple phone calls and i am meeting with the church board 
And it's a conversation about merging. What would it look like? What would it look like? What would it look like? And I was so sure it was going to happen. It never happened. They said, we, yes to you, no to the merger. And essentially it was, if you're going to leave Restoration Church, we'd hire you. Um, yeah. And mm. that's not, that's the assignment of my life. So it didn't happen. And mm. I thought about, I, I was thinking about that yesterday. I'm, I've never stopped thinking about it. I was thinking about it yesterday. God, I was so sure. I thought you told me. And so I'm trying to say, maybe it'll still happen. Maybe it will happen this year. Maybe they call me up this year. Maybe they call me up in five years. Maybe they never call me up. And I just, I just missed it. I just, what, what I thought and understood, I didn't understand. No problem. So that's part of it. It's okay to be wrong in your expectation. Um, another one is I was so sure something was going to happen. And it didn't happen. And I remember talking with Michelle and I'm like, I just don't know what to do. I, I was so sure that this was going to happen. And I've been so sure about it for a number of years and it didn't happen. I'm like, well, maybe it'll happen another timeline. And I'm like, maybe it will, but this is really causing me to question my ability to hear from God because I was so confident that what I was hearing was from him and this is what he was directing and it didn't happen. So some of it is our ability to hear from God is not infallible and uh, it's like not without error. It's not perfect. And um, so when God speaks to us, we have to understand it is not the written word of God and it is okay for us to be wrong. And also the other thing I try to coach myself on is God can tell us to do stuff and to pursue stuff just because there's something he wants to do in us mm-hmm. and not because he actually wants to give us um, what we're understanding. So, The other thing, too, is I always try to remind myself, you know, Jesus Messiah coming in and there and and what everybody expects the Messiah is and what the Messiah is going to do. He's not and he doesn't do. And so if they've all missed it and misunderstood, then I understand I'm probably misunderstanding something that he's telling me. And um, being able to say, okay, God, your timeline, your plan, I'm your servant. I'm willing to do whatever. Yeah. Um, you know, I think about uh, Mark Patterson. We've recommended a lot of his books. Yeah. Part of his story is he and his wife planted a church that failed. It closed down. They planted a church in Chicago and it failed. And so through that failure, he then got brought in a, a church plant in Washington, D.C., asked him to be their pastor. And now he's been there for 25 years, probably. Um, and it's booming. <laughs> yeah, it's going very well. Um, 
but it was a failure. Mm. Started with failure. And so, wow. Did he plant a church expecting it to fail? No. When it failed, did it cause him to question a lot of things and have some crisis? Yeah, because certainly he planted that church thinking God wanted him to plant that church. And God did want him to plant that church. But then it failed. So every expectation he had for that church plant did not happen. But again, we're serving the God of expectation, not our own expectations. Because if our own expectations are what we're serving, then they've become a little G-God and they're an idol. And we've got to surrender all those things before him. And I think that's when we transfer our expectation off of ourselves to himself, when we transfer the timeline off of God needs to do this by this date to God, you're allowed to do it according to your will and your purposes in your own timeline, then our expectations are in our own idol. And I think when we have expectations that don't happen, if it's not an idol for us, then I think we don't have crisis of faith. Mm. Um, And we're not angry at God. But when something doesn't happen the way we want, we get angry at God, all of a sudden that should probably expose that was an idol. Yeah, you you said it said it in your sermon transfer transfer our expectation from ourselves to himself. Uh, that's such an awesome awesome way. Uh, yeah, it's it's nice to know how you know how different people does it. So is it so when we expect from God is it more kind of like uh Another question I came up with, like when you were sharing, how do you show grace to yourself when you, when you recognize, shoot, that was not God. Maybe I didn't hear right. Like I know, like you were sharing stories, like maybe a lot of people, even myself, including like, we want to hear from God, right? We want to make sure this is the right path we are taking and knowing. And, you know, how do you show grace to yourself when you, when you're mistaken, when you, when you catch yourself, Oh, I, I thought I, I heard from him, but well, clearly maybe not. So a lot of people have the tendency to beat themselves down, right? Like, Oh, maybe I don't have the ability to listen from God or like whatever. How do you, how do you show grace yourself and what maybe, what are some ways that uh, you can tell us, like, hey, it may not be perfect, but these are some of the ways that you practice to listen from God. Well, I'm going to give myself grace because he gives me grace. Mic drop. Uh, <laughs> so why am I going to beat myself if he's not beating me? Mm-hmm. He's glad that I'm listening. He's glad that I'm trying. He doesn't expect me to to have 100% accuracy in hearing from him. He just wants me to listen and to be obedient. The other part of it is I don't know the full thing. So again, God's communicating one thing. And if it doesn't happen according to how I heard it, that doesn't mean I didn't hear it. So you think about Abraham, God says, okay, go sacrifice your son. We goes up to the top. And then you think he's beating himself on the way down. Like I could have sworn God said, sacrifice my son. 
Now I'm so yeah. embarrassed because I didn't sacrifice my son. And how could I have missed it? Like, no, you heard God exactly right. Mm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then he now in that obedience, he changed the he changed the the play. He called an audible. He's allowed mm. to do that. And so God could a hundred percent told me have conversations with this pastor about merging with him. And that yeah. could have absolutely nothing to do with me. And God could have just used me as an instrument to bless that other pastor. Because maybe the other pastor who's been serving God for 60 years is having these conversations with God to say, I've made no impact. My ministry's made no impact. And now here's this kid who was a baby in this church 40 years ago, who he's now meeting and realizing, and God's just using that to bless him. I have no idea. Yeah, yeah. So that's part of it. And yeah, to that's... say, all right, God tells me I was, you know, God tells you to apply for a job or to start a business or and it doesn't work out. That doesn't mean you misheard God. God told you to do that and and oftentimes the failure was part of the story. God knew it was going to fail when he told you to do it. And he told you to do it anyways, because we learn a lot from failure. I just saw, um, I, I didn't study it a lot, but I just saw this um, picture on the internet um, that was questioning if losing in basketball makes you a better team. And the comparison was Jason Tatum and um, Jokic. Jokic? I, I forget how to pronounce his name, but the Joker, whatever they call him, the big Serbian guy. And they were showing a graph of how Tatum started off winning. You know, I think his first season, they went to the Eastern Finals. And Jokic's season was terrible. But now Jokic won the championship and Tatum hasn't yet. That there's something that happens from failure, from things not going according to plan that actually yeah. strengthens us for a future championship. Mm. And so, yeah, just a few thoughts on that. Oh. Yeah, go ahead. Well, I was going to say, I, we, we haven't talked about tempering expectations, which is something that we're taught to do in Bible college, I think, <laughs> or at least in, in pastoral culture. I don't know Bible college. It depends on what Bible college you go to. But I read an article from a pastor teaching to, te you know, temper your expectations. It was a teaching from the Bible, temper your expectations. And I disagree with that completely. I think you need to have realistic expectations. Mm -hmm. um, so we're working on, um, we're working with, the kids, Michelle and I were working with the boys on kingdom there on our family's kingdom builders goal for the year. And so one son said a million dollars that that's what he felt like God spoke to give this year. And I didn't tell him, Hey, that's ridiculous. We're not, there's no way we can't give a million dollars. I'm sorry. I just wrote it down with every other thing that we said and heard. So I'm not, I don't need to tell him, Hey, you need to be realistic or you need yeah. to temper that because certainly God is <laughs> As I've seen every year with these boys, if God tells them to do something, he, he it, it is very possible for them to 
yeah, yeah. to exceed my what I think is possible. Um, but also, I think some of our expectations do need to ha- be a little bit realistic. Yeah. So, uh, you know, I can say like, man, I'm just really expecting God to give us 20 more locations this year. Well, I need to be a little bit realistic. I can expect everything I want. All right, but that's yeah. not realistic. There's not a lot of wisdom in that. I think wisdom mm-hmm. is is part of faith, which uh, which maybe people don't make that correlation all the time. But I don't think when we know what did I say in the message? Um, oh, I wish I could remember it. I said it and surprised myself when I said it, but it was. Um, we need to expect more than just possible coincidences. Mm. So we ask God to do what what we already think is likely to happen. I think you said overestimate what we can do in a year. Yeah, that's a that that's a Mark Batterson quote, but that was um that was something different. I, I it was during the prayer time, I think, when I was praying for people that we'll believe for more, we'll expect more than just possible coincidences. Mm. And Things that like, well, did God move or was it a coincidence, right? It could be either. Yeah. And um, and to believe more for more than that, mm. but also to actually be believing for something. I don't temper your expectations. Have expectations that God's going to do something. Um, yeah, that is that is so good. Yeah, I have to. I'm practicing that uh, to learning and practicing. Uh, you know, just like I knew, like for example, I knew like God heals. I knew God can do it. But uh, why are you? Why are you doubting in your back head? Like you're praying, but like you're still like on the other hand, you're like. Can he like not in that sense? Like, can he? But it's just, oh yeah, we'll see. Or like, yeah, when, when, when does it happen? And now I'm learning. Like, oh my gosh! Like, I just started praying specific prayers for my team to grow, and within few days, within few days, it's just like boom, boom, boom. I was like, wow, Zalen got healed within one day. You know, our God provided for our family within just like two days. Just we think about, oh, baby's coming and we needed this. And somebody just gives to us. You know, I was like, wow, like we have never like, you know, it's just like when we put our, as you mentioned, like we got to play our part to put that faith in him, believing for that. Uh, but you know, don't temper your expectation of what he can do. He's not limited. Oftentimes we just think in our natural life, like, I can only do this. Maybe, uh, maybe even God can only do this, you know, because we, we like to see in the natural, like what he's doing. Uh, But like, don't do that. Like be realistic, but not in a sense, like don't doubt God. Like he's a God. He is God. He can bring your even the smallest expectations to life, you know. Uh, so, 
uh, yeah, <laughs> that, when you said uh, all, overestimate what we can do in a year and underestimate what we can do in 10. Like he, yeah. he can do it. He just can't do it. We just have to leave and go for it. You know, and I love your boys. Like, man, <laughs> they always challenge me. They always, uh, your boys are a regular conversation in our house. They set an example. Like last year, they raised $46,000 or more, right? Yeah, a little bit over 46000 Yeah, Yeah, it's just four boys, you know, doing what God has called them to. And, you know, it's not like a burden. It's like they're passionate. They're just passion-driven, uh, mission-driven for what God can do. Like they're racing their bars. They, I don't think they started with that goal last year. And when they hit that goal, I think they started with 25, right? Or 15, something like that. Then they changed and raised up to 50. Yeah, it was 15. 15,000 is what we started the year off as our family goal. And then... Uh, then they surpassed that early in the year. Yeah. They were so, at 20. And so then I was like, like <laughs> wonderful guys, we did it. They're like, no, we should hit 50 now. I'm like, no, I don't think you should. <laughs> <laughs> so it's just like when you have that faith and when you have that expectation that you put on God and you do everything that you can give your best, God will meet that. And I love that about about God, you know? <laughs> yeah. Steven, any uh, book or podcast or movie recommendations that you can think through? Um, have you ever read the book God's Generals? No. It was oh, like... Um, biography, autobiography of people? Yeah, it's a biography, yeah. Yeah, yeah, I think it so. It includes like, it must be like... I don't know, 20 to 40 people that it highlights in the book and just the miracles that they had in their life. And, you know, sadly, many of those ended with like turmoil at the end of their life. But some people finished the race well without any scandal or error. Um, I think that's a good one to see what's possible, what God can actually do through us um, is much more than we think possible. Um, I remember reading um, a Billy Graham biography, which is probably one I'd recommend, and seeing the pictures of him preaching in New York City, the pictures of him preaching in L.A., the stadiums Mm -hmm. and whatever, and just saying, like, there was one guy that you used to make an impact, like, and just probably increasing the expectation of what God can do through through me and and my life. Uh, the, the other book that I recommend, it doesn't come out yet. It comes out in May. It's called The Expectation Gap. It's by Steve Cuss, and he's a podcaster, author, pastor, chaplain. Um, the Expectation Gap, the tiny, vast space between our beliefs and experience of God. And that comes out later this year. So that's, I, haven't, that's I haven't read it, but I've heard him talk about the book. 
um, but that might be one the that expectation could be gap. Yeah, Jamie, is that uh, Steve Cuss? Oh, there's another expectation gap book. <laughs> <laughs> well, I just Steve Googled Cuss. Steve Cuss. Okay, so yeah, Steven, I think those are great. What, um, man, anything you're expecting for the year? Yes, I'm expecting a double portion of uh, blessings from God in attendance. Uh, obviously, one of our goals for our church is baptisms. Um, and uh, we're having our first baptism happening in two weeks, which I'm super pumped. Super yeah, it's pumped. so exciting. Two people. Uh so those are two major things as a church that I'm believing for, uh, driving for, uh, because I don't want to, I don't want to put God in a box. God can do this, just believing for that and being good steward. Yeah, yeah, man. I'm I'm expecting a hundred people water baptized this year. A hundred. Yes, sir. Which is just crazy. It's just, just absolutely crazy to even think that that's possible. But let's bring a hundred people to know the Lord this year and yeah, um, help them take their next step and showing the world they're a follower of His. Yes, sir. Bring and believing with you. Right on. Well, Stephen, great to talk with you. Thank you, sir. And have a great day, everybody.